sing Me donkey wearing a diamond ring Me donkey dance and me donkey sing Me donkey wearing a diamond ring Tingaleo Come little donkey come Tingaleo Let's start with an item that we missed in segment one uh, That of our very popular feature called Jackass of the Week to give you a hint of where we're going with that, we'll quote from Jay Leno, who said, I can't believe Dick Cheney keeps giving speeches. He's appearing on TV news shows. It's like he thinks he's still president, you know. <laughs> Noted Andrew Sullivan in the London Times, For most of his eight years as vice president, Dick Cheney was the invisible man, hunkered down in his undisclosed location, secretly pulling the Bush administration's puppet strings. But months after he left office, he has suddenly come shrieking into the light. Cheney this week ratcheted up his bizarre public relations blitz in defense of the enhanced interrogation of suspected terrorists during the Bush years, insisting anew that President Obama has made this country more vulnerable by banning waterboarding and other coercive practices. To quote an excellent article in the McClatchy newspapers by Jonathan Landy and Warren P. Strobel, forwarded to us by Paul, which I think I'll quote from, Former Vice President Dick Cheney's defense Thursday of the Bush administration's policies for interrogating suspected terrorists contains omissions, exaggerations, and misstatements. In his address to the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative policy organization in Washington, Cheney said that the techniques the administration approved, including waterboarding, forced nakedness, and sleep deprivation, were legal and produced information that, quote, prevented the violent death of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of innocent people, unquote. I don't know why he stopped there. Why didn't you just say millions of people? Cheney quoted the director of national intelligence, Admiral Dennis Blair, as saying the information gave U.S. officials a, quote, deeper understanding of the al-Qaeda organization that was attacking this country, unquote. In a statement on April 21st, however, Admiral Blair himself said the information, quote, was valuable in some instances, unquote, but that, quote, there was no way of knowing whether the same information could have been obtained through other means. The bottom line is these techniques hurt our image around the world. The damage they have done to our interests far outweighed whatever benefit they gave us, and they are not essential to our national security. So you can see the, the former vice president probably didn't feel like using the full quote. And in fact, a top-secret 2004 CIA Inspector General's investigation found no conclusive proof that information gained from aggressive interrogations helped thwart any specific imminent attacks, according to one of the four top-secret Bush-era memos that the, Justice Department, that the Justice Department released last month. Last December, FBI Director Robert Mueller told Vanity Fair magazine he didn't think the techniques disrupted any attacks. Going on, Cheney said that President Obama's decision to release the four top-secret Bush administration memos in the techniques was, quote, flatly contrary, unquote, to U.S. national security and would help al-Qaeda-trained terrorists in how to resist U.S. interrogations. Meanwhile, back in the real world, Admiral Dennis Blair, who oversees all 16 U.S. intelligence agencies, said in his statement that, that he recommended the release of the memos and, quote, strongly supported, unquote, Obama's decision to prohibit using the controversial methods, adding that we do not need these techniques to keep America safe. One thing the former vice president did not mention 
Well, the fact that Osama bin Laden and his chief lieutenant Aman al-Zawahiri remain at large eight years after 9-11. Well, it might be worth mentioning that the Bush administration began diverting U.S. forces, intelligence assets, and time and money to plan an invasion of Iraq before it finished the war in Afghanistan against al-Qaeda and the Taliban. We'd also like to refer you back to our interview with Gary Bernson, the man the CIA sent to track down Osama bin Laden, who told you, dear listener, about how they had him surrounded at Tora Bora, but the Pentagon would not give him 7,000 army rangers to go in and get the mastermind of 9-11. In fact, four days before bin Laden escaped, Bernson was relieved of duty and brought back to Washington. The Pentagon then decided to contract a warlord to go in and get bin Laden, who, in fact, apparently was in the pay of bin Laden and let him escape on a donkey. So since we are talking donkeys, let's, let's formally award former Vice President Dick Cheney our Jackass of the Week. And in fact, he's the winner of the Jackass of the Month award. Anyway, it's so refreshing to see just pictures of Dick Cheney, who does, you have to admit, bear an uncanny resemblance to the Mr. Potter character from Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. In fact, we'd say Cheney really outdoes Lionel Barrymore. But uh, in contrast, looking at a picture of Barack Obama running across the White House lawn with his Portuguese water dog. Boy, we, we are in the middle of a new zeitgeist. Thank God. Well, the GOP won't let up. I, I love this, 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 this article about 100 days into the Obama administration, asking if he was perhaps the most polarizing president ever. Analysis in the Wall Street Journal noted that 100 days into the administration, Obama's presidency was looking like it was based on just a lot of feel-good, empty rhetoric. That astute analysis was being offered up by Karl Rove. Well, I don't know. Probably pretty objective observer. You, would, you don't think you have any biases, do you, Mr. McMillan? Absolutely not. Well, there you go. But since we're actually plugging, uh, plugging some prior guests we've had on this program, let's do it one more time. Chris Mooney is in our archives, and he's got a great article, an opinion piece, in New Scientist, May 9th issue. Hail to the intellectual. Subtitled, Barack Obama has banished the knee-jerk anti-intellectualism of the Bush years. Now he needs to make the changes permanent. We're working on bringing Chris Mooney back to the show. And we're working on bringing Chris Mooney back to the show. Anyway, Karl Rove was one of the masterminds of one of the great, uh, great thefts in American history, that of the 2000 election. Warren Rove, Jeb Bush, um, Jim Baker, and quite a few other Republican operatives stole the uh, vote count in Florida and put it uh, into the Bush camp. Oh, yeah, we shouldn't forget Catherine Harris. But, you know, I just want to note in closing today's program that uh, that uh, apparently voter skullduggery has very much not gone away in America. It was revealed yesterday that apparently AT&T, one of the biggest corporate sponsors of American Idol, may have influenced the outcome of this year's competition by providing phones for free text messaging services and lessons in casting blocks of votes at parties organized by fans of Chris Allen, the Arkansas singer who apparently was the show's winner last week. Since this came out, angry supporters of runner-up Adam Lambert have flooded online chat boards with messages claiming irregularities in the competition's voting. 
We're not sure how this is going to end up, but the rumor is that AT&T has hired Jim Baker and sent him to L.A. to settle this, so we'll have to see what happens. Our thanks to Dr. Curtis Ebbesmeyer, author of Flotsometrics. That was fun. I hope he'll be back. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. On next week's show or the week after, we're going to speak with actor William Wellman Jr. about his dad, Wellman Sr., and the epic movie, the winner of the first Oscar, Wings. That one's going to be fun. All right, now stay tuned for Ryan. I understand today's show is going to consist of nothing but Bach fugues. I'm kidding. We'll see you.